In Colorado, you can legally gamble in Blackhawk, Central City, Cripple Creek, and licensed online sports betting. Protect our communities. Learn more at playlegitco.com. A message from the Colorado Division of Gaming. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by David McDonald. Damon, I'm going to put you on the spot here and ask you a very difficult question that I asked you, I think back in December 2018 was the last time I asked you this question. We'll see if the answer is still the same. What do you think of Tottenham? Ha flesh on the head. I know the answer to this one. Tottenham is shit. And now you ask me, what do I think of shit? Oh, well, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> I think I didn't. Oh, no. I'm supposed to ask you. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, what this the... Is f- it. I'm, I'm supposed to ask you. How? I'm such a terrible fan. What is happening Damn, here? Edit this. Edit this. I've, I've fucked up the podcast already. <laughs> it's like less than a minute in. Damon, yeah. what do you think of shit? Shit is Tottenham. Thank you. You're welcome. Great, great weekend of sport. I'm so happy. Um, yeah. Remember, we, we've been sort of keeping tabs on this Arsenal situation. And after three games, we were bottom. We were 20th and Spurs were top. Mm. And everyone was laughing at us saying, ah, look, Arsenal's shit. You're going to get relegated. Tottenham are going to win the league. Three games later, we're above them. Wow. And it's great. And I'm not, you know, I'm not one of these one swallow makes a summer kind of person, but uh, what a game! It's so exciting. You watch the highlights, so yeah, yeah. You know, we can pick your brains on it. But um, just a real treat to one see Tottenham looking just fucking shite. <laughs> if you'll pardon my French, but they were rubbish. And uh, Arsenal looking brilliant. And our our local lads, our HLM boys, Bukayo Saka, Mill Smith Rowe, just tearing them to pieces. And I'm, I'm still buzzing from it, Damon. I would be. If I, you know that, that. Here's the thing, too. Like, like there is a a way to win, right? Uh, that can be, you know, okay. You squeak one out. You you play poorly, but you you got to win. Okay, and every once in a while, you know, you kind of cross your fingers and you kiss to the heavens, and you're like, okay, we got we 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 got through that one. Then there are games where you're just dominant, and and you're driving offense, and you're creating space, and you're like, you just look like you have. You 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 know you're a puppet master, and you could just you know where where you're just finding open guys and and guys are playing with speed and yeah those I mean again I saw highlights mind you they looked dominant not only just they just looked like and here's the thing it looked like a fun fucking team to watch like you were going to sit on your fucking hands watching them. Um, they were just drive. That's what was one thing I, sh- I shared with you. I was like, they're they are just pushing offensively, and that to me is I can't stand this just passive wait for my opportunities. I I, I kind of like a little a little run and gun. So yeah, they looked really good. They look good for you, man. I'm glad I'm glad you're happy. I'm glad that uh, you know things because it 
started out to be a season where <laughs> you were ready to throw it in already. <laughs> this my working theory is that it's all being scripted. We we are kayfabing our season because we have uh, the people from Amazon in there doing one of those all or nothing documentaries for us. So already, oh, yes. like the first couple of episodes, you know, are going to be wild because we've we've already got this little roller coaster narrative built in. So who knows what kind of stuff they've written in the scripts for the rest of our season? Which leads me on to a question for you, Damon, from Daryl. A question for Hockey Damon, who says, will you be watching the new docuseries All or Nothing about the Toronto Maple Leafs? I sure will. When it comes out this week, should it have been named Nothing or Nothing? (laughs) As those sad sacks haven't been in the finals since before Sergeant Pepper came out. (laughs) You motherfucker. Uh, I mean, listen, some things are just pure accuracy. And that is, you know, what am I going to do? You're right. That's exactly right. Uh, and yes, I will be watching. And uh, actually, I'll have you know that I saw a little sneak peek. A little sneak peek. Um, it comes out officially October first, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely will be watching. Um, yeah, and and they cover last year, Joel. And, and as you well remember, me going into the playoffs. Hey, we're a great fucking team, and blah blah blah. We go into the fucking playoffs, first round. And and once again, game seven, we shit the bed. And again, there are cameras following the whole thing. So um, I'm going to watch it, David. dude. Watch it. I'm telling you, watch it. I, I, it. You will be. I think. I think you'll enjoy it. Number one, and two, uh, you'll see just another layer of the Damon heartbreak. <laughs> just another layer of my life. Just, just, just give me one. Just, just one time is all I ask. One time, and and, and again, we can't even the, forget championship games. The, we can't even get out of the fucking first round for the life of us. And we were up three to one, Joel, on that on that series. Best of seven, three to one. Well, I, I bet the, the Amazon documentary people in there were fucking rubbing their hands oh. together with glee watching that go sliding down the shitter. No doubt, they, they, no doubt. And everybody's like, "We're going to relive this. We're going to re- We're going to watch this." But it, I, I do, I do dig like the behind the scenes and the and the front office stuff. And um, yeah, and hockey season's right around the corner here. Not even right around the corner. It's here. It's right upon us. I mean, preseason games have already started. And, I'm already got my, my like my my daily fantasy stuff all like my fantasy leagues already. I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Here's a weird thing though, Joel. I gotta I gotta share with you that I'm not I'm not feeling right now. So I you know obviously I've been covering the, the Flyers for God over 20 years. Um, I haven't gotten my credential approval yet. And tonight is the first preseason game. And I'm like, oh, kind of weird. But I do get other emails. Like I got an email the other day about media um, protocols. Like we have to wear masks and we, you know, there's still things we have to do and we can't be and blah, blah, blah. blah. But I didn't get the official <laughs> the official approval. And I'm like, oh, did I not get approved? Why would I not get approved? Do they listen to this podcast? They do not. <laughs> not that I'm aware of. But I'm just like, oh, fuck. Are you kidding me? Like last year, I thought it would be the year because it was like, you know, nobody was in. And then when I got approved, I was like, I actually couldn't believe it. This year? I was like, oh. so I'm a little worried. I'm a little I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried that Sports Damon might be, uh, might be uh, put to bed here, put the rest 
I'm a little worried. So we'll see. We'll figure it out. I'll have to make a phone call or two uh, later on today if I don't see that. Well, I don't know. I felt a little, I felt a little weird. <laughs> I don't feel good about this. Well, I'll get the, the prayer circle going. Keep us updated. I, I would like to know. Um, another sports question here from Sean. He says, Hakuho has announced his in-ring retirement and he went out on a legendary performance. I remember seeing him at Wrestle Kingdom 14 and was delighted to later learn he was a fan. No question, I guess. I just like hearing Joel passionately talk sumo and Booze Leprechaun says, Joel, thoughts on the reported end of Hakuho's career and Damon, thoughts on Riley Reed getting married? And these are my Oh my God, so what? All right, you start. Uh, that's, that's a <laughs> bombshell for me. What happened? What? You need time to digest this. Uh, yeah, I got to so, Google this. Right, you go ahead. You, you start. Uh, so you, you might remember, Damon, uh, at the end of, well, I guess it would have been two months ago when we talked sumo and i showed you this video clip of hakoho having this just really legendary performance against terry fuji who turned out to he got his yokozuna promotion as well so the narrative there being terry fuji was hoping to finally beat the legend and sort of be, become you know passing of the torch to become the new guy but hakoho was like now nah, fuck that i'm the man i'm still the man beat him even though Terno Fuji got his Yokozuna promotion, Hakaho decided uh, he, he pulled out of the most recent tournament from injury, as he as he does from well, fairly often, actually. So I was looking at this as a chance to see Terno Fuji taking center stage, being the only healthy Yokozuna in the tournament, and establishing his dominance to be like, I'm a new Yokozuna, I'm better than everyone else, I'm going to win this Basho and, and show that I'm serious business, which he did. So he he won, not really in any trouble along the way. Uh, I think it, there might have been a couple of losses, but no one else really came close. And then, so I'm thinking, okay, so Terada Fuji's got his moment here. He's won the, the Emperor's Cup, and now he can you know rightly have his moment in the spotlight after the disappointment of losing to Hakuho last time, even though he did get his Yokozuna promotion. But then, like hours later, <laughs> Hakuho, who did take part in this tournament, announce his retirement mm. so this fucker has managed to steal the, the headlines the back pages the spotlight from Terano Fuji despite not wrestling a single fucking match Jeez. so I, I like to think of that as like he, uh, Hakuho's like final fuck you to Terano Fuji being like yeah you won the cup but everyone's still talking about me so uh, just uh, maybe uh, probably the, the greatest sumo wrestler in the history of the sport that's the way I understand it obviously I haven't been watching that long but just the sheer dominance and the number of tournaments that Hakuho won. I don't think we're ever going to see anyone like him in the future. So just a real privilege for me as a fan to, to sort of catch the, the last three years of it. So a true great of the sport. I'm going to go back. I'm going to watch some of his old stuff and um, he will be missed. Definitely. Um, so yeah. Good he's, luck in everything. Yes, he he just he's officially done. Done. Like there's no. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, look, sometimes sometimes you just know, and just like Riley Reed, you just know when you got to hang up the boots. <laughs> uh, actually, she apparently uh, Joe uh, Riley is still uh, going to continue in her endeavors in the pornographic industry. Um, Married a young man by the name of Pasha, is it Petkungs, who uh, apparently does um, was that parkour? Parkour? How is it pronounced? The parkour. The, parkour. The, yeah. Like running and jumping on stuff. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know how you make a living doing that, but okay. Uh, oh, they call it a free runner. Is that the same thing? I don't know. Whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. right. Well, they apparently got married, and uh, she will be continuing her career. 
uh, from what it says here in the uh, the U.S. version of the Sun <laughs> that I'm reading right now. Um, ah, good for her. Listen, there's no, I mean, there's that could work, right? <laughs> yeah, there, sure. there are plenty of couples who have you know open relationships with stuff. I mean, more more power to him. I wish them all the best. If he's comfortable with that and she can keep doing that, and they're both happy with that. Good for them. Yeah, they look like a nice little couple, right? I'm literally, I just popped on her uh, her Twitter feed, and there's a nice romantic picture by the beach, right? And uh, they're like they have their foreheads pressed together, and uh, she writes, "I can't I wait." You're going to say foreskin? <laughs> no, 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 not this one. No forehead. Um, I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you. And one little flick of the finger to scroll down, and then there is uh, her covered in cum. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can. I'll you gotta be careful <laughs> when, they, when they're doing the wedding videos. Like you know, you, you have like a montage of all photos together from the relationship. Be very careful with that, guys. Yes, yes. we got to be very, very selective. Uh, yep, two uh, very muscular men have just deposited, and she's all smiles. <laughs> she's all smiles with the fl- with with the fluid dripping down her chin. That is that is that is a good egg right there. And he's looking at that. Oh, my sweetheart. Busy day. <laughs> work <laughs> yeah uh look she she's a good egg but yep there it is the romantic uh literally i can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you married engaged scroll down face covered and just load after load oh what a good egg what a good good egg all pretty right hot, pretty hot egg. <laughs> yep yep that's a good way to spend all right the morning, so we've got right? to talk about this fucking g1 climax though don't we? well i <laughs> just did climax <laughs> <laughs> can't believe i missed that segue uh yeah. all right let's dip in then so we've got three shows to talk about i can't remember what happened in most of these matches uh so i i'm not going to impress you for in-depth analysis of every single one because i i can't give it so quick thoughts we'll, we'll quick fire through these uh thursday september 23rd in the Ota city general gymnasium we open up with special singles match tangaloa against yuji nagata 15 minutes, Tangaloa won via ape shit. Uh, and this was good. I, I like that Yuji Nagata's seen that he's got two matches here, this match and the Shingo match, and he's definitely brought his working boots. This did not feel like a sort of two guys taking it easy for an opening match. They they were going at it hard. And I think it's a, an interesting benchmark to compare with Tangaloa's last singles match against Yuji Nagata in the 2017 New Japan Cup, which was crap. And this one was good. So well done, Tangela. You have improved over the last four and a half years. <laughs> right. Um, uh, I will say this. I'll give you a, a overarching thought when it comes to these. Um, by no means am I suggesting that the these, I don't want to say filler matches, are a better option than having Naito in the, in the tournament. By no means. That being said, I mean, this could be a multi-man clusterfuck that we would, I, I you know, put a gun to my head and 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 ask me, what, what would we more likely see in lieu of Naito's injury? And we would probably be saying a multi-man clusterfuck. Like, these seem a bit more, all right, I'm into them. You know what I mean? Now, the question is, there's no way, uh, there's no way no one other than who is in G1 is winning, right? 
Like you're not going to put Nagata over anybody, right? That would be that would be dumb as fuck. Like why would you have him beat a guy who's in G1? So I kind right. of now that I say that, watch it happen. But like I just that that would make no sense to me. Does, would that make any sense to you? No, I, I see it more as like here's a fun match rather than oh who's going to win this one. Okay, but that kind of I don't know. Does that take a little bit of uh, the juice away from you watching these things, uh, or are you just skipping them to an extent? <laughs> but I, I th- no, I'm watching them, but I I think you know that with four other tournament matches on these shows that are going to have these Naito filler matches, I, I'm okay with it. It's fine. It's I I think it's a better solution than parachuting someone else into the tournament. Okay. Um, now he's not the only one. I mean, you still have Young Lions, right? And you still have. Was, correct me if I'm wrong. I saw a uh, master. You, we're not going to talk about Master Watto uh, at all, are we? <laughs> so, uh, well, he did wrestle against Kosei Fujita yes. on Sunday show. Yeah, in a wrestling match, and he won. <laughs> so there's not that much to talk about, really. I mean, no. there's interesting stylistic things because I don't, I haven't really seen many Master Watto matches where he is the dominant person leading the match he's usually sort of the baby face in peril working from the bottom so uh it yeah it's there's not i don't know the sort of drama and dynamics of it felt a bit off but yeah okay there you go you've made me talk about master watto there you go against kosei fujita so see, see, there you go take uh, that one off the list right there you go we, we nail we nail that one uh yeah again they're they're, they're fine matches they're, there's nothing wrong with any of them i'm just saying that um the the idea of I'm supposed to hold my breath on these near falls or, or you know or submission attempts it's falling a little flat on me because again there's no way that the guy who's in the in the G1 should lose to anyone that would just just really defeat the purpose. And our second match in the A block was Great Okan defeating Toriano in 11 minutes no. via the Eliminator. I can see you sighing deeply there. I didn't hate this one no. because. One thing about Yano is uh, he. there are lots of big inverted commas, if you could see my hands here, fun callbacks to previous matches. So there were a lot of callbacks here to the match they had in the New Japan Cup, which really pissed me off, which you you may remember uh, Yano tied, I think he tied Okan's braid to the guardrail. He got counted out. So Okan still had the hair with him. So there were some callbacks to that and some fun spots with them like busting out of the guardrail. Um, and then Okan just... Fucking flattened him with the eliminator, which was good. Uh, I yeah, this one it was eleven minutes, so you know c- compared to previous Yano matches, twenty eight minutes <laughs> the Seibu Dome. This was one of the least offensive ones, but I'm not laughing at any Yano matches these days. It's it does not entertain me. It's run its course, hasn't it? It really has run its course. It's funny because no, it's not funny. It's not funny well, it's funny to me. This this part is funny to me. Is that you you know, when I don't want to say when New Japan was a hot product, but when, when New Japan was a hot product and people were jumping on, man, did we get a lot of fucking heat for for us hand waving Yano? You know? I felt like we we would always get oh, he's fun and he's I don't hear those people anymore. I think I think even no, those they will stop watching. Yeah, they, well, yeah. A they pro- yeah probably did, and B those are who those who s- still uh, consume the product. 
I think they're over it too. I think it's really gotten to the point where everybody knows the shtick. Everybody knows that, and and it's just falling flat. And maybe maybe it's just this year that they're just like, you know what? I'm just not. I'm. Do you have anything else you can give us? You got anything else for us? Um, I don't know. It just also like the clap crowds thing. It it, it compromises it, doesn't it? Because yeah, you're supposed to have people laughing and reacting to the shenanigans, and if if they can't, then it's hard to get into it. Yeah. It sure is, and the people at home are feeling just the same. Trust me, the 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 people at home they might as well just have a mask and clap along as well because we're just staring at the TV like, all right, here we go, tape again, huh? All right, double speed job, yellow matches. Yep. Uh, okay, so the third match was Kenta defeating Yujiro in fifteen minutes forty eight seconds with the game over. Now we and a lot of people said at the start of this tournament, "Oh, look at all these Bullet Club versus Bullet Club matches," and we fully expected, and with good reason, to have the usual "You lie down for me," "No, you lie down for me," shenanigans field matches. But to their credit, they haven't done that, and I think this is kind of uh, emblematic of the way that a lot of wrestlers in this tournament are stepping up and working really hard to make it a good one because they know New Japan have their backs to the wall and they are not phoning it in with bullshit like they might have done in previous tournaments. And I think Yujiro is a guy who I want to single out for praise because I think you know his matches, they're not, they're not brilliant. They're not making any match of the year list, but he's working so hard and his matches have all been good. And I thought this was another good one. So um, fair play to Kenta and Yujiro, despite being Bullet Club teammates, for putting on a, a decent competitive match that I thought was pretty good. Yeah, and I think by and large, the Bullet Club matches have not been as dreadful as we were, you know, you know looking looking over the shows and looking over the, the 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 matches. Boy, there's not there's not a single person that wasn't like, oh, we're in for a long fucking night with some of these. And you know, it's still a little early, but I kind of feel like. Some of these guys, Yujiro maybe being one of them, Chase Owens maybe being another one, got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Uh, again, we're not talking like we're 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 pushing the boundaries of pro wrestling here, and uh, you know, I don't think any of these are going to be on match of the year watches or penciled in a notebook or you know, none of that. But that being said. These guys are being asked to perform at a clip that they probably haven't performed at in quite a long time. I mean, they're wrestling night off, wrestling again, maybe two nights off, wrestling again. Uh, that when you're not used to that, that's that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna play a toll. That's uh, you know, and these guys are busting their ass. I, I I I can't fault them for not giving effort. That's for fucking sure. Um, I mean, has everything stuck with me? Yeah. Let me take that back. Has most of the stuff stuck with me? Yes. I've, I I feel like G1 has been very good. It hasn't been great. Very good? Yeah. I would go very good. And because the things that I thought were going to be, oh, my God, dreadful, haven't been dreadful. There's only really been one match, Joel, where I've been like, well, maybe two. A couple of Yana matches. 
couple of Yano matches, I think, are, are the guilty party. Even the evil stuff, I was just like, oh, okay. We kind of knew that was going to happen, so I'm fine with it. He's working hard. I mean, we'll yeah. come on to it when we talk about evil matches, but I, I, I agree with you. These are all guys, they're professionals, and they are proud, and maybe a lot of these guys have had their pride stunk, so they, they're going out there to prove a point. And I think maybe this is truer of a block uh, of b block than a block but i feel in general this g1 climax has a higher floor than i expected yep uh so high floor lowish ceiling yeah yeah and when and when you know you get sexy matchups you know speaking of sexy matchups um I don't know. I mean, I know, I know I'm all over the place this morning, and I apologize. But Kota Ibushi, how you feeling? Oh yes, I, I'm glad because I was going to talk about him because the, the next match was him being Ishii 70 minutes by Kamigawa, and this is a match that I don't know. Other people have said they they feel you're getting diminishing returns with these two going at it. Their 2018 G1 match was fucking brilliant. Like they murdered each other, and it was a, a lot of people's top ten of the year. Okay. Uh, last year little bit disappointing this year, even more so. And it wasn't a bad match. Like, anytime you get these two guys in the ring, they're going to have a very good match. But I and lots of other people were probably expecting more. So I think Ibushi, he is wrestling differently. Uh, this is something, actually, I was chatting to Manabu. Manabu brought this up. He thinks that Ibushi's changed his style. And Ibushi is wrestling this tournament more geared towards selling and putting other people over than laying in his usual signature spots and his flashy striking offense. So uh, I don't know what you, you think of that. Do you think that bears out that we're seeing Ibushi uh, sort of on the back foot more as a, I don't know, maybe it's because he's still recovering from his aspiration pneumonia or if that's the, the sort of the kayfabe thing for it. You know, he's playing into that and trying to deliberately present himself as a uh, more sort of exhausted Ibushi who's lacking in his usual tip-top cardio. But yeah, I agree with you. His matches have been slightly underwhelming. Well, they've been underwhelming. Not yeah. bad, but underwhelming. Uh, uh, underwhelming is is the phrase I would use. Correct. Um, I don't know why... Why would it... Give me a reason why Kota Ibushi would go out there and say, okay, I'm going to present myself as a guy who's less than like what what would be the benefit for him to do that and 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 know that pro wrestlers are thinking of only one thing and one thing only is how do i get myself over uh what would be the what would be the 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 what would be the purpose of him doing that for himself that's a good question and i think this is something that wwe fans say let the story play out but they they are obviously aiming at something with him losing to Yujiro in the first match. And yeah, he sort of squeaked this win out of Ishii and then lost to Zack. So in, it, we could be getting the extremely tedious and boring storyline of him opening up with a losing streak and then winning winning out and winning the block and getting into the final for the fourth consecutive year. I hope that's not what they're doing, but I, I have enough faith in the company and in Ibushi to think that there is a purpose to it, even though I don't know what it is at the moment. Okay, and that's fair enough. And and they do do that, right? They they like that, you know, start out of the gate sluggish, pick up big wins, and and you know that's not that's not a thing that is, you know, foreign on New Japan. They they they've done that many times. 
I, I guess my point is is not even necessarily that he's losing. It's the matches themselves that are leaving a little bit more to be desired. And again, if 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 there is thought out there that it is intentional to to again tell the story of hey, here's a guy who's fighting back from from an illness, and of course he's not going to be in tip top one hundred percent shape to battle it out in pro wrestling's most grueling tournament. Okay, well, if, if that's what we're is that that's a, if that's what we're saying here. Okay, I hate to have that. Well, you know. <laughs> I wish that storyline was uh, somehow incorporated with like Yano or something like that. A guy who who uh, maybe doesn't have that ability to have those fucking great matches. I I just haven't. To me, Kota Ibushi's had some pretty great opponents starting out, and I don't know if I'm feeling his performances against some of the top guys in the company and I worry about okay is this is this the bar that we we are at when it comes to Kota Ibushi matches yeah I think that's fair um I'm inclined to give him a pass just because he's been quite seriously ill recently so uh we'll see we'll see by the end of the tournament does it pick up where he's standing points wise and, and what they're aiming for with this uh the main event was Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Shingo Takagi. 27 minutes, 17 seconds with a modified arm lock crosshold. This was awesome. Yep. I really, really enjoyed this. It was a, a fresh matchup, which we haven't seen for, what, 12 years? I mean, I, I hadn't seen the first one, but uh, definitely something that a lot of people were looking forward to. I thought the, the psychology, uh, the technical aspects were great. The, the arm work was really good, the way Zack was going after Shingo's arm. And Zack, in this match, and just throughout the whole tournament, is looking really dominant. He's looking muscular, confident. It's reminiscent of his 2018 New Japan Cup run where he was just... Mowing through people. Just dominating, yeah. yeah. Just going through like a, like a hot knife through butter. And th- these are the vibes I'm getting here. And, you know, this this was the case in this match. I, I thought Chris Charlton did a tremendous job laying out the history and, and um, pointing out, highlighting all the callbacks to their previous match, you know, what the finishing moves were and how they played into this one. And I particularly enjoyed the finish, which I found really memorable, where he's working for that uh, the, the triangle, and then Shingo tries to power out of it and, and lift him up into a powerbomb, which, as most MMA fans know, is the completely wrong way to defend against a triangle choke, <laughs> uh, un- unless you're Carlos Newton, uh, Matt Hughes against Carlos Newton. But um, yeah, and then just Zach transitions it into the the armbar, and Shingo taps taps out straight yeah, away, yeah. and it, yeah, it had that authentic combat sports like mixed martial arts feel because like, we've seen that loads of times I'm like, thinking of um, I can't think off the top of my head but something you know like uh, 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 Anthony Pettis against Ben Henderson their second match where you just like oh you got locked in a submission tap straight away that's it you're done you know they didn't do the big dramatic oh can he get to the ropes oh no he's dragged him back into the middle of the ring oh he's got no choice they didn't drag it out I was just like oh you fucked up. You got caught in an armbar. You're tapping out or you're going to have a broken arm. Yep. And I really, really enjoyed that. And also, we got to uh, make note of the fact that Zach called out Brian Danielson at the end. He said, that's the Japanese dragon uh, done. Where's the American dragon? So very, very exciting times for one Zach Sabre Jr. Uh, to, me, he's, he, to me, he's the MVP of the tournament. Um, every match I've enjoyed thoroughly. Every match, I, I feel like is feels a little bit different and a little bit more uh, unpredictable. And 
that's I think is the biggest draw for me for uh, a Zach match is the unpredictability and the when is it going to happen? When is it going to hit? How is it going to hit? Um, again, I've, I've said it a thousand times. I love his offense. I just love the way that he carries himself in the ring. I love the way that he uh, is creative and um, innovative and fluid and fun. And he is a dickhead in the ring. And his post matches uh, interviews are I'm I fucking love. Uh, yeah, he, right now early MVP. He's my guy, um, and I'm I am so thrilled, thrilled that it feels like at least in the early going. And again, they do like to book things where people get hot, people get cold, all that stuff. He's he is that hot knife through butter right now. I mean. The fact that he – they are constantly referencing the fact that he is the guy that put out Naito. He gets a submission um, over, over over Ibushi. He uh, beats the, the world champion. Um, so, again, even if – even if he doesn't win this, which, again, the likelihood of him winning – Give me, give me percentage, do you think? These are more interesting questions about that. I'm going to throw some in here. So Manabu says, special feature of ZSJ, please. That's my question. Violet Skipping says, is Zach destined to go the traditional win first four slash lose last five route? Right. Or does he have a chance to take in the finals? That is my question. Uh, Jake says, with Naito injured, do you think that New Japan will push Zach Sabre Jr. since he's been Ibushi, Shingo, and Naito? And Shingo respects us. Uh, actually, no, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll hold off on that one. Um and ARCN says, who gets the upset in Zach's G1 run? Is it Yano or would Okan be a better bet? So I don't think Zach's going to win out. Like, they don't do that in New Japan. If someone's winning the tournament, then they pick up a couple of losses on the way so you get, get briefcase defenses. And uh, I don't, certainly in my time watching as a fan, I don't know of any instances where someone has won all their block matches. So I don't think that's going to happen. But it just puts A block in a really fascinating point right now because Zach is 3-0 and so he's got 6 points. Okan is 4-0. and He's yep. got 8 points because he's got his, his default win over Naito as well. And they're facing each other next. And you have to think that Zach wins that as well because I can't see Knight, uh, uh, Okan going 5-0 and and Zach just basically being out of the running at that point. So then you're looking at what matches can Zach conceivably lose. I could see him losing to Kenta. I could see him losing to Ishii. I, I suppose he could lose to Yano. I mean, anyone can use to lose to Yano. Uh, and now I'm sort of looking at that final night. He's got he's got Tangela on the final night, hasn't he? Which I thought was going to be a setup for for tag title stuff down the line. But now with the way Zach is is really firing on all cylinders, I think if he is fucking about with tag stuff by the end of this G1, I, I, I think that would be a disappointment. So... All right, well, what's the one guy he hasn't wrestled ever in a singles match? I can't. Yeah. To me, that's the monkey wrench. To me, that's... So you think Okan beats him and goes 5-0? and oh, I think... And then Zach is 3-1? and one. Yeah. I do. Because here's the thing. I don't think Ishii's a guy, the guy, right? Like, he's not the guy that's going to... Like who would benefit most? 
But then are you Kenta? Who's gonna Who's gonna beat Okan? Uh, all right. Well, what does Okan have in the, in the, in the last you know set of matches? He's got all the big boys. Like he hasn't fought yeah. Shingo or Ishii or Ibushi. He's got that run of main events. You figure two two out of three is a loss for him, right? Okay, but then who's winning the block? If we are ruling out Zach, because basically if Zach loses to Okan, then Zach's out of the running. How is he just out of the running? By, if he loses to Okan, just by virtue of the the, the gap with Okan. Well, okay, maybe not out of the running, but it would be. That would leave Zach on six points and Okan on ten points, uh, which it could happen. That's the thing. You know what I really like about this block is I don't know what's going to happen. It's really unpredictable. The two guys I like are, are right at the top with undefeated records, and the people that we thought were going to be favourites are have dropped a couple, and it's very unpredictable. Yeah. And I like I like that I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, in previous years, you look at the calendar and you you think, all right, well, it's going to be that guy versus that guy for who wins the block on the last night. And we can't do that now. And I appreciate the fact that we're having this conversation and I'm throwing my hands. I don't know. And that's good. And and here's the thing of, of all the years, why not have, you know, it seems like everybody in the promotion has a thing, you know, whether it's Abushi and, and, and back to back G ones and uh, Naito double belts and longest reign for Okada, you know, Everybody kind of has their little special little thing. What if what if Zach is the guy who goes undefeated? But here's the thing. It's it's well, I mean then, then you'd have to have someone who keeps pace with him until the final night. You can't have him like wrapping it up with like two nights to go. I mean but then he's got he's still got to go to the finals, right? Yeah, but I mean you, you surely you want a bit of drama in Right. Life. Well, maybe not. Maybe in the other block you have that. I don't. I don't know. But you're right. I mean, what? I mean, look. Of the matches that you proposed to me, the matches that Zach has on the table, the one that frightens me the most is Okan. I got to be honest with you. If if you're looking at wins and losses, that one just seems like I don't know. It doesn't scream loss to me, but it just feels like that's that's a loss. Kenta too. He's still got Kenta on the board, right? Yes. So yeah, those, well, the four that I have an asterisk next to would be Yano, just because it's Yano. Ishii, just because they've got history. And Ishii is a, a guy that I think, maybe this is not true. I was going to say anyone can lose to Ishii and not lose credibility. But right. I don't, don't know if I stand by that anymore. And yeah, Okan and uh, Kenta. I don't know, man. I feel like that Okan match is is a fucking setup for a loss. I just feel it in my bones. And what is that? Tomorrow night? Tonight? Tomorrow night? Uh, let me check. So I think this would be Thursday. Yes, okay. Thursday. It's the third match. That should be the main event. What's going on? Really Shingo should. versus Kenta is the main event. Get out of here. I want Zach and Okan doing 28 minutes. Okay, but we just fucking hyped up Zach and, and Okan. Not for nothing. Like that match, I'm 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 watching that. I mean, the, the, why wouldn't you? And and why wouldn't that be the main event right now at this point? They're both undefeated. Like that should be the main event. <laughs> should be the main event. Oh, I'm worried about that match. If if you're a Zach fan, you got to be worried about that match. I am anyway. All right, we'll we'll figure it out. 
Uh, Shingo Respect says, with three nights of Wrestle Kingdom and a big push for ZSJ, do you think Zach will get a title match against White or Tanahashi? Uh, I'm My gut feeling is that he's been so valuable in the, the tag title scene that that's what he'll be doing at Wrestle Kingdom. But if they do decide, you know, they could well be thinking, you know what, this guy's stayed here through the whole pandemic. He's been ever-present. He's done really valuable work for us. I, and I know New Japan is not the sort of company that give people Gifts. title runs yeah. for, for uh, just out of gratitude. But I could see him getting a bit more shine as a singles competitor. But I don't know if, if that trickles through to Wrestle Kingdom. They got two, they have three nights of Wrestle Kingdom, Joel. Oof. That'd be nice to give him a nice. He hasn't. He, refresh my memory. The man has not had a singles title in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Am I wrong? Correct. Only the Rev Pro, but that All right. counts. All right. All right. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Um, Give him a big showcase singles match with Brian Danielson. Oh. Dude, let me tell you something. That would be fucking. Would that be the, the fact that you mentioned him in the post-match promo? There's got to be a reason for that. Surely he's not just throwing that out there for nothing. That would be a a legitimate, and people throw it around all the time. Dream match. That would be a dream match that I truly never thought I would say. If that's if 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 there's even a, a a smattering of hope for that. I mean, one of those. And things- let's not sorry. Let's not forget Danielson called Zach out as well, and specifically mentioned the, the technical award thing from the Observer. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I got a boner. Oh, not over, not over, not over wrestling. <laughs> I'm, I'm still looking at Riley Reed. <laughs> uh, but, but, um, uh, wow. I mean, look, that would be. Would you do that in lieu of a a singles title win? I would. I would. Yeah, I think even Zach would prefer if they said to him, "Okay, you can beat Jay White for the Never Title at Wrestle Kingdom, or you can have a special singles match against Danielson." I think he'd go for the latter because that would draw. Like he would be like, especially in the states, like people would be resubscribing to New Japan World at that point, right? Yes. Yeah. That's a money match. That's a that like like him against fucking Tanahashi is not a money match. Him against because we've seen it about ten fucking times already. Well, right, right, right. But you get my point. You know what I mean? Like that. That's a there's a there's a money match on the fucking table right there. There's a f- yeah. There there is no opponent you could give Zach who currently wrestles for New Japan that comes even close to the buzz that you get from booking. Him against Danielson. Yeah. And here's the thing, Joel. This is not a pipe dream kind of thing. This is not. No, a- it's inevitable. It's it's going to happen. It's right. It? Yeah. This is a thing that is like, all we got to do is just connect the fucking dots. This is a thing that is real. Imagine that fucking match. See, here's the thing. Now I'm going to be pissed the fuck off if it happens this year because there's no way I'm going to get there. I need a sugar daddy. Calling all sugar daddies. <laughs> Yeah, let's save that. Can we save all the dream matches for Wrestle Kingdom yeah. 17? Yeah. Yeah, 17. And we can all go. Uh, the problem is, is that this is a big deal, according to New Japan, right? This is a this is an anniversary dome. 
And three fucking nights. Again, two at the Dome, one at in Yokohama. Oh, boy, oh, boy. That would be lovely. And again, I sit here and I had to keep shaking myself and being like, hey, dude, this is a fucking thing that all, all that needs to happen is a fucking plane ticket be bought. Right? That's, that's where we are with this. That's where we are. Oh. I, and, and, okay. So let's put that aside for one second. At the very least, even if Zach doesn't win G1, which, again, debatable, he's got a title. He's got a title shot. At the very least, he's got a title shot in his back pocket. So I don't know. This could be an interesting autumn for New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's for fucking sure. Let's move on to the uh, B-Block show, which was on Friday in Ita City General Gymnasium. First match, surprising that this was placed as the first match. Tanahashi defeating Hiroki Goto. 14 minutes, second, 14 minutes 10 seconds via small package holds. Uh, this was good. They've had better matches before. Um, I mean, they were wrestling to the spot on the card. Uh, nothing really to write home about, but it's always fun seeing these guys wrestle. They had a, a much better match in last year's G1, but for the first match on the card, this was good. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was very good, I thought. I thought it was a, a solid pro wrestling match between two pros. Uh, Hiroki Goto, he's, he's, we're about done with him, right? He's, he's about ready to be relegated, as they say, if, if he hasn't already been, right? Like, the, what, what, there's nothing more we can do with Hiroki Goto at this point, right? Uh, I think he's, I mean, this is not someone that I see being heated up in the future with a tournament win or a title shot. Right. Okay. Just so we're clear. All right. But again, fantastic worker, wonderful worker. But yeah, there's we've that we we've sunset Hiroki Goto. Okay. All right. We're just being clear. All right. That was a good match. Good. Fine. On we go. Uh, with second match. Sorry. Second match was Tamatonga defeating Chase Owens in 12 minutes 59 with the gun stun. And here is another example of Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. We looked at this one on the calendar and we thought, ah, oh, this one's going to stink. This one was really fucking good. Yep. I mean, again, I, 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 pump the brakes here. I'm not going to be putting this on any match of the year. This or, I don't know, maybe. Just for, uh, for matches that so greatly exceeded my expectations, this is right up there. Um, I thought both guys work their socks off and this was just so enjoyable they they just did the little too sweet at the start and then wrestled uh, a hard-hitting physical match i thought the closing stretch was really exciting very very crisp well paced the, the reversals were really good um the way that tamatonga uh, counted into the gun stun at the end was really good chase owens landing his v triggers and uh JM writes in and says, okay, but what if this year actually is Tamatonga's breakout tournament? And Open Door Pod said, how good is shirtless Tamatonga? So he is a guy who I think has really impressed me so far because everyone, uh, myself included, we're thinking this is going to be Tangaloa's possible breakout opportunity. But it's actually Tamatonga who I think has been the better of the two. And Chase Owens, you know, the the, the conversation, you know, speaking out stuff, that is going to follow whenever you talk about Chase Owens matches. I I try to just talk about it on Twitter purely in terms of wrestling, but a lot of people bring it up. And, you know, fair enough. I'm not saying people shouldn't talk about that. They, they should. I mean, it's important to have these conversations. But just speaking purely about his wrestling ability, 
it's it's an interesting spot for him because uh, this is something uh, Joe from Voices of Wrestling has been talking about a lot, that uh, Chase Owens is a guy who, over the last few years, has been involved in way more finishes than most other wrestlers on the card. So in your multi-man matches, it's always, uh, well, nearly always him that's involved in the finish, either him eating the pin, or uh, and a lot of the time he's been getting the pin. He racked up quite an impressive record over the last couple of years. So he knows these closing stretches very well. He knows the finishes very well. So it's interesting for him to be able to have this spot where he can have these these dynamic short singles matches where you don't know who's going to win and you get that back and forth and the exciting closing stretch. And I think both he and Tamatonga are acquitting themselves really well so far in this tournament. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start with the, the most recent point you made. The, I mean, he's had so many, and I, I don't know about so many, but he's had, a, it feels like a lot of start-stop pushes with this company where they, they warm them up, cool them off, warm them up, cool off, you know, for, for whatever reasons, whether, um, you know, they just didn't feel it was the right time or, I mean, it seems to me it was, it was like f- f- four years ago, we were talking about that fucking stuff pile driver, uh, you know, in, in the, uh, in the rumble. And that was going to be the catalyst for Chase Owens to fucking get a push. And then that got cooled off. And so, yeah, he's, he, and he's a guy that can eat a lot of pins and, you know, you almost expect it. So when it's time, yeah, he'll be in the mix for, you know, when it's time to heat him up, he's very comfortable with those closing stretches as you described. Uh, match, it's pretty great when you go into a match and you don't have much when it comes to expectations. And trust me, I didn't. And trust me, when the, you know, you're, you're doing your your entrances and you're hoping you don't see a third party walking out with someone, and you do, and you're like, Ugh. and you're starting out with the two sweets, and you're like, okay, but then they 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 had a match, and the match was a competitive match, and the closing stretch of this match was really fucking good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you wind up, and even here's the thing: even the subtle little thing of the of of after the finish, like it wasn't nonsense. It made sense. They're in the same faction. They're 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 quote friends. And I, I just beat the guy. A competitive match helped carry him out to the back. I like that little touch. Look, this could have been very easily full of bullshit and shenanigans and and it's funny because Kevin Kelly is even mentioning it. You know, Kevin Kelly's even like, uh, oh, not even what I expected and thank God it wasn't. Right? And I'm and I'm right there for it. I'm right there for it. Um we we knew there was going to be bullshit with evil. Right? That has been talked about for it feels like months now that we know he's going to be the focus of the bullshit. And the fact that they kept it out of not only this match, but other Bullet Club matches, totally refreshing. I'm not saying all of them are great. I'm saying that at the very least, we are not in the mud with the bullshit. In in one instance, we are, but to me, I can I can live with that. Knowing going into this G1, I was really concerned with the fact that this was going to be just littered 
with bullshit, and we haven't gotten it. My hat, my I tip my cap to those two. Uh, again, classic. No, good solid G one match. Yep, absolutely, no doubt about it. It's making me think. I remember I've spoken on the pod about how the interference is usually New Japan self-contained within one unit. And the emergence of House of Torture, where it looks like that's where the interference will be centralised. I'm wondering now, does that mean with House of Torture as the big heels, United Empire as the heels who don't cheat, does that has that kind of pushed Bullet Club into a more of a tweener role? Because that's how it feels like to me, just based on the, the evidence we've seen in Yujiro versus Kenta and Tama versus Chase, that maybe Bullet Club is being repositioned somewhat. Yeah, it feels like it. And, 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 and again, if, if all roads lead to the civil war that we've always been talking about, I think somebody's got to play certain roles in that. Um, and I kind of see them being still heelish, but not, you know, the underhand almost like where where you know maybe back a few months ago or years ago where, where suzuki goon was you know they're still heels right but they're fighting bullet club who are the super heels i guess for lack of a better term um and that's kind of what i see here right they they're it, a little bit of the pullback from they're still aggressive they're still nasty they're still you know bullet club but they're not constantly with the bullshit. Um, and it could, and I, I really, I think that's the, the line in the sand is where do you get more bullshit? That's going to be to determine who is the face and heel in this relationship. The third match was Jeff Cobb beating Yoshihashi in 30 minutes, 21 seconds via tour of the islands. Damon, I love this one. Yeah. This one was so good. And Yoshihashi did a tremendous job taking just crazy bumps for Jeff Cobb, making Jeff Cobb look like the, the fucking monster that he is. Uh, this one, just the, the energy and, and fire of underdog Yoshihashi and Jeff Cobb just like as this smirking asshole bully who's just throwing Yoshihashi from pillar to post. Uh, I, I really, really love this one. You know, if you didn't put... If this tournament were called, you know, fucking Joel Damon's Russell Rama... This would be a great fucking tournament. People would be talking about it. But the fact that this is called G1, and this is G1, and people just, you know, going into it were just, you know, you know, just being miserable toward New Japan. I feel I feel like it's it's getting like this was a great match, I thought. I, put put this match on any fucking show and you'd be talking about this match. Yoshihashi is if when it, Underrated guy, he's the underrated guy. If he doesn't win the underrated guy this year or the unappreciated guy, uh, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with, with with our listeners because he has done more in nine months than some guys in the entire fucking year and, and maybe their, their entire run. He has busted his ass. And, you know, we talk about Kota Ibushi kind of taking it down a notch to help others. Fucking Yoshihashi looked like a rag doll. And he, but he still looked like like I guess maybe it's because it's Yoshihashi, but like he's he I feel like he was dominated yet still looked strong. 
does that and I don't know how the fuck you make that happen, but like when he got caught, he got caught in shit and he just thrown through through the ring and into the third row, it felt like. Like he felt like it was almost like a spike Dudley thing for me. The 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 uh, fat cob just throwing him around. But it's Yoshihashi's catchphrase, isn't it? That's he's had on his t-shirts and stuff. Get back up. Yeah, he is getting thrown around the ring and ragged but he keeps getting back up and he keeps fighting, and that's why we love him. Yeah, I mean, and he and again, still to me, looking just as strong, or stronger. And on the losing side, uh, Cobb. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value a complete view of all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Yeah, I talk about Zach. Cobb's had a fucking great G1. Right? Has he hasn't he looked fucking great? Like he Yeah, and, and look who he's worked against. He's worked against Chase Owens and Yoshihashi. Right. Two guys that we were not well. I, to be fair, maybe you know we we did point out a couple of these matches that we were looking forward to, but you think there are uh, more high-profile workers in that block for him to have more 
you know, b- biggest stars matches with. You know, you're not looking at Chase Owens, Yoshihashi thinking, yeah, we're going to gonna have some bangers there. Let me ask you a question. Why do you think this G1... First of all, this G1 has been good, very good, or great for you? I would say very good, but it feels sweeter and more enjoyable just because so many people were shitting on it beforehand when the lineups came out and just people have been shitting on New Japan in general. As, you know, as is their prerogative, I, I get why people are not interested in it. I'm not saying they're wrong for not being interested, but just the, all of that fact, it feels like the company's got their backs to the wall and all these wrestlers that people were scornful towards for being in the G1 Climax are pulling it out. You know, they've got the tap on the shoulder. They're proud to represent New Japan Pro Wrestling. They're going out there and having really impressive matches. And the fact that I can see, A, that those people are working so hard, and B, that the matches are exceeding expectations, that is what's making it a really enjoyable one so far. I mean, in, in terms of stars and everything, I'm sure there well, have been better tournaments in the past, but this feels like a tournament where us <laughs> New Japan perverts who <laughs> are watching all these shows can really sort of buckle down and, and enjoy it. And it's like our secret little hardcore club where everyone else is like, ah, New Japan shit. Yeah. We can, we can be like, no, it's still good. And we know it's still good. It really is. And I, and I, and I, and I don't mean to sound gatekeepery, but fuck off. If, if honestly, like if you're, if you're not in on this, I don't, I mean, again, if you put this, if this were a Ring of Honor tournament, or if this were a, uh, I don't know, any tournament, I, 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 this has been, this has been good. There hasn't been a night where I've been like, oh, that was a waste of time. Never. Again, were there matches where I was that less than stuck? Yes, but that's every fucking G one. It's every G one. And you've had matches that have been really fucking good, too. I don't know. I think it feels pe- better than last year. It's like you know, last year's had Juice and JY and Will Ospreay. It had the bigger stars, but I feel like I'm enjoying this one more. I uh, yeah, yeah. Look, if gun to my head, what I want Will and Jay and Suzuki and Mox and whoever. In G1? Yes. Of course. That being said, it is interesting to me that we have guys that, again, might not be G1 worthy, busting their ass and putting on good shows and putting on good matches, in, you know, despite the fact that it might not be as sexy as it, as, as it could be. I think the look of it is a little bit weird. I think the look of it of you have all your these stars that are over here, and again, COVID, blah, 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 and yet you have guys that are perceived as undercard guys that are there busting their ass, doing what needs to be done to make these G1 matches work. I think I think these guys are not only are these guys underrated, they're undervalued and underappreciated. These guys that are in G one right now, these guys are not only busting their asses in these matches, 
they're making G1 work. And and the crew that is in Japan right now, and that's everybody from Kevin Kelly to Chris Charlton to uh, Zach to Tonga Loa to Yoshihashi to, to Chase Owen, everybody. That's over there that have said that that quite honestly has sacrificed a lot to make this work. Good on you. Good on you guys. Great job. Another match I really enjoyed, the fourth match on this show, was Taichi defeating Sanada in 25 yes. minutes 15 with a black Mephisto. And these guys going out and, and doing their King's Row tribute spots. And I could just imagine all the people getting annoyed by that and making me enjoy it even more. And just some really creative stuff in here, like uh uh, every time Sanada tried to do his O'Connor roll bridge thing, Taichi would counter that by choking him from behind, which I thought was a really smart, interesting way to play off. And I, again, I penciled th- th- this one in as one I was looking forward to because they had a really good match in the, I think it was Summer Struggle in the build-up to their, their tag title match. And I think these guys have just got really good chemistry. Taichi has got that aggression and, and violence that pushes Sanada to fight at a, a more intense level. And I thought he brought the best out of Sonata. I can't, I can't think of a Sonata singles match that I enjoyed in, in recent memory more than this one. I thought this was really, really fun. Yep. And I like the fact that now officially Taichi is above uh, Sonata in the pecking order, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, if you think, if you look at it, I mean, this year, would you say that that's that's an accurate statement? I would, right? Yeah, and, and all the I, I see people on Twitter, this is not straw man arguments, I've seen it, people saying like, oh, Taichi, I wish he wrestled like this all the time. He has been he has. wrestling. He's been wrestling like this for the past like two and a half years. Where have you been? Yeah. And again, especially tag matches. I mean, seriously, he's had I mean, going back to Abushi and 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 Tana, he's had Naito and, and you know he's been in the ring. He's had some bangers with you know this, this is not 2017 best of the super juniors Taichi. I, I it, this is not fucking 2016 Noah. <laughs> you know right? Like I don't know what it is that people have in their fucking heads with Taichi. It's that was five six year. I mean. That's a lifetime in pro wrestling. Why? Why is it, Joel, that people help me understand this one? Help me. Help me with this one because I have no fucking idea. I can't answer it. Why are people stuck in 2016 with Tai Chi? I, I think it's people who they, they just. I, I think it's people who don't watch the products. That's the only thing I can think of, and they are, are they've dug their heels in and are running on a. a, a tired, very tired stick to beat him with that hasn't been relevant for the past three years. You know, people just, they they fall back on these lazy, uh, critical tropes. You know, oh, Taichi's matches are full of interference and bullshit. Oh, Yoshihashi's boring. Oh, whatever. You know, Gorillas of Destiny are, are crap. But it that, that narrative doesn't fit anymore because these guys have improved and they're working much harder and are much better wrestlers than they were back then. And, but and I agree. But like, I just feel like that narrative for for Tai Chi like sticks. Like, I can't. Is there a guy that is like that has has that luggage and that baggage strapped to their back like him? Like, why him? 
Like it's it's like do do wrestlers not improve? Do wrestlers not get better? Do wrestlers not find their groove? Do wrestlers not get a push that's deserved? Deserve? Yeah, you know, I don't. Like I don't hear this, that same. Like, do you hear people talking about? I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a guy who's who has improved greatly in five years. Give me, give me a guy who's improved greatly in five years. Will Osprey. Okay. Do people still think of Will Osprey as the Will Osprey of five years ago? <laughs> Some people do. Really? <laughs> but, uh, but uh, no, I, I agree with you. I think um, a lot of people are. They, they've dug their heels in with Tai Chi, and I feel that the way they rate his matches is is unfair, and it's not the Tai Chi that I'm seeing. I'm going to tell you the truth. You know who hates Tai Chi? Guys who uh, don't like his gimmick and find his gimmick to be um, over their head. Like the the miming and the singing and the the frilly shirt and the and the... I, I really feel like it ha- that has a ton to do with it. Like they just can't get past the gimmick. One hundred percent. Because because it, be, I can't think of anything else. Because if you're watching in ring, I, I don't see how you can make that argument. I, I, I it's 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 the gimmick. The gimmick they can't they can, just cannot swallow for whatever reason. Don't don't ask me. They just can't do it. Let me ask you this. Azurario says, can it really be possible that the wrestling gods will give us an all-dangerous Tekkers final in the G1? Holy if moly. so, who wins? I would love that. I think it would be great. I don't think they will because I don't think either guy is at the level to main event of Wrestle Kingdom. But they could always lose the briefcase. Yeah. You know, that's that's definitely a possibility. So you, I would love to see it. If they had any balls, they would do it, right? If they had any balls, they would do it. If there's, you know what though? Here's the thing: it's it's up in the air. I hate to be this guy, and I never wish this on anyone. Don't don't take this the wrong way, people. I don't want I don't want Joel getting his fucking DMs blown up. Is that what they say? Is that what it is? <laughs> As if I read them. <laughs> Delete. Uh First, Joel says, who are you? Delete. <laughs> uh, what was my point? <laughs> you were about to say something controversial. I really was. But about I dangerous techers meeting in the G1 final, maybe. Well, I was like, if they have the balls to do it. Bu- bu- bu. I lost it. It's gone. It is in. Aww. It is out in space. <laughs> I just I had to get that last joke in, and my Alzheimer's kicked in, and (laughs) (laughs) there's only space for one comment, one thought in your head at any given time. It it has it just evaporated. It it was like it was like cotton candy in a kid's mouth. My thought just gone, gone. I don't know what I don't. Joe, I have no idea what the fuck it was. <laughs> the great mysteries of the Super J <laughs> Really? It was probably like the most the most unbelievable thing. I had. It was going to be such a hot take as well. Really this was. was going to be a take so that my DMs were going to be full of yeah. outrage. It really was. And it's just gone into the ether. I don't know where it went. Oh, my Lord. Where'd it go? Yeah. I, yeah. I was talking about your DMs being blown up. 
I don't fucking remember. Oh I don't god! Don't wish this on anyone. Is it someone getting injured? Oh, yes, or yes, there's, there's, I got it. it. Came back. All right, I got to get it out right now. Um, Naito being hurt might be the best thing for this G1. Oh, that was that was my take. Naito Naito's injury might be the best thing for everyone else in this G1. Might even be good for Naito in the long run. You know, if fingers crossed he comes back, he's got built-in storylines, built-in feud with Zach. Yeah, we, we ran through this last week. But yeah, we're, we're choosing to see the silver lining here. Uh, let's talk about the main event here, which was Kazuchika Okada defeating Evil in 21 minutes, 46 seconds with Rainmaker. I don't love this pair. They've had some stinkers in recent memory, but I thought this is one of their better matches. I thought we, we are visibly getting a... Rainmaker Okada. This is Rainmaker Okada. He's back. He's not. He is using the money clip, but the money clip is like a, a sort of transitional setup, middle of the match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think Okada is working a lot harder, a lot more dynamically. I said before, he's in great shape. I'm fairly certain he's going to win this tournament. And Evil worked hard as well. I thought this was a, a, a pretty good main event. You know, you you know that the interference is coming. So. If this is the worst we're going to get in terms of interference, if it is just self-contained to the closing stretches of evil matches and evil is working hard in the remainder of the matches and putting effort in, which I think he has done in his previous two matches, this Okada match, the Yoshihashi match, I, I'm i satisfied with this. I think this is this is pretty good. Yeah. Um, I guess I never mind interference or the, the bullshit, we'll call it, when, as much. Uh, when the we'll call it the baby face overcomes it, like he was able to thwart not only evil but Dick Togo as well and get the win and a, de- a decisive rainmaker exclamation. But do do you is is it necessary then to have Yoshihashi sacrificed at that altar of bullshit in order to make Okada's triumph stronger, more exciting? Um. I mean that's the logic, right? That's that's what they're trying to establish. Of oh, this guy fucking cheats, and Yoshihashi probably would have won if it wasn't for the the fucking bullshit and stupid red shoes not seeing shit go down. I mean, you're putting the heat on a referee. You're putting heat on, you know. So you know, Yoshihashi, you're going to lose. But the idea is that Yoshihashi is still strong because he had fucking nine hills he had to climb. Uh, and and the refs incompetent and fucking blind and all that pro wrestling stuff. So yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? Um, the problem with that, Joel, is that it's not going to end here, <laughs> right? If that were the beginning and the end of it, and okay, great. Was well, it? Has he not been eliminated from the tournament? No, <laughs> no, oh. no. So the problem is, is that we're going to still have more and more and more. Um, the the idea of this though is. A bit, not a bit. It's very tiring because I really feel like it's. I guess when we talk about New Japan and breadcrumbs and stuff and and rewarding fans for watching and all all the stuff that we love New Japan for, there is a flip side to that where there is a bit of a beat over the fucking head. We get it with evil. We understand he's an evil guy. We understand he is a cheating guy. 
We understand that he is a heel. We understand that he will do anything to win. Blah, blah, blah. We get it. We don't have to see it every fucking match, do we? To get that point across. Um, that's where I kind of feel like it becomes uh, just like we talk about all the time. Use sparingly. I have no problem with bullshit and interference and what have you. It's the fact that we see it every fucking match. And it becomes yeah, to the it, point. It would be so much more effective if Evil won like two G1 matches totally bullshit. Yep. 100%. Because then everybody looks like an idiot. The wrestler that, you know, that, that is, is his opponent looks like an idiot because how do you not know this? You've seen this for fucking the past two and a half years. Two, the referees look stupid because, how, again, you you mean to tell me this is your first evil match you're refereeing? Uh, three, you they anytime we get a ref bump, I, I, I've got to be honest with you, I hate ref bumps so much. I just fucking hate them because they all look ridiculous. Like, if you give me a ref bump where it looks like, oh, my God, this guy, you know, took a fucking ref bump. Okay, great. He's out. But they get grazed on the knee and they're knocked out conscious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they get their toe stubbed and they're like, oh, no, no, I'm dead. It's just silliness. I, that's the stuff that I can't stand. In a company where, okay, we're trying to treat this as, you know, it's pro wrestling, but we're trying to treat it somewhat like a sport. That idea of that's the stuff that's like cringeworthy where you're just like, Ugh, I hope nobody's watching me watch this because this is stupid. Um, that's the stuff, but yeah, I mean, if, if he did it sparingly, I don't think it would be half, half as bad. And again, I think we all have a bitter taste. Uh, yeah. We beat this dead horse, whatever, evil, whatever, do whatever you got to do. Just try and do it. Well, I will say this. I will be excited for his matches against Tai Chi and Jeff Cobb. And, you know, I'm going to throw the Tabatonga match in there because those are three people that I will be cheering for to defeat evil and overcome the odds and all the shenanigans. So there you go. I'll I'll give you that one. Is Uh, he your least favorite wrestler right now? Evil? Yeah. (sighs) And if he's not, name me who is. That's a very, very good question. I'm an expert. The the flyer should recognize us. (laughs) Probably, yeah, because he's a guy who I was not that keen on. I didn't love him when he was in LIJ. Mm-hmm. He was the least interesting, or one of the least interesting members of LIJ to me. And it, it, despite you know getting my hopes up, and I got excited for him when we had the initial turn last summer. But now, um, yeah, it, my least favorite. I don't hate him, but he is one. He's probably the one that I enjoy the least out of all the. The top guys. Uh, yeah, he is number numero uno. I would say him, Yano. Oh yeah, Yano sucks as well. Lest <laughs> <laughs> lest we forget that they wrestled each other in that fucking Whew. lights out abomination uh, during the year. Good lord, Christ! What the, the fuck? And we still did a show. <laughs> Me in the middle of a pandemic, living in a hotel, right? We having to review and analyze Toriano versus Evil in a lights out match. For those people who wish we was it, was it a lights out match? Was it a blindfold match? I think it was the blindfold. Was it the blindfold? Oh, fuck! It was the blind. Yeah, they had to put the hood on each other. Oh god, no! Don't, I'm not. To, no, we're, we're moving on. I no, no, no! I just want to make a point. No, I want. I want to make a point. 
for the people who do not want us to go away, for the people who do want us to go away, whether that's in the company, whether that's just a wrestler, whether that's – we're going nowhere. And that should be your proof right there. We still did a show. <laughs> Review that match. We are going nowhere. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay, so then we had a, match, uh, a show on Sunday in Kobo World Hall in Dragon Gate Territory. And true to form, our second match, well, we, we talked about the first match earlier, Watto against Fuji, so I'm not going to talk about that again. Second match was a special singles match where Shingo Takagi defeated Yuji Nagata in 60 minutes, 51 seconds with Last of the Dragon. And given the fact that this is sort of Shingo's old stomping grounds, it was no surprise that both guys were extremely hard, way harder than they needed to really. I mean, this was a, a an undercard match. It wasn't a tournament match. You could have understood if they'd sort of gone through the motions, but both guys, they, they just beat the shit out of each other, and it was really good. Yeah. How great is it for him, though? Think of, think of Shingo, you know, walking in that building with the big boy belt. Um, the top of, top of the heap, you know? Top, top of the mountain. That's got to feel pretty good. You know, I'm sure he took a second or two to kind of recognize that about where he is in his career. And where he is, uh, you know, in the world of pro wrestling, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and, and, you know, you know, be Mister Nostalgia guy, but I'm sure he's, I'm sure it didn't go past him, right? I'm sure it, there was a moment or two where he kind of, huh, look at me, how about that? So good for him, yeah, that was a nice moment. That's, I, I, I recognize that as well, um, and it's not like he hasn't been back at that building, but it's just every time. G1, it might be a little bit special for him. Good. Third match was Great Okan defeating Yujiro Takahashi, 40 minutes, 16 seconds via the Eliminator. This was okay. Yeah, yeah, if, you are, if you're into Great Okan, then you'll enjoy this one. And uh, Andrew says, talk about how great Yujiro is. Maybe play his music a little as you do. I thought, yeah, he worked really hard here, but uh, not probably one of the more forgettable matches in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, I would say bottom half. Um, I mean, Okan's got a gimmick that doesn't lend itself to super great matches, right? I mean, it's 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 a little bit of an uphill climb, and I don't know if Yujiro is going to be the best partner for that. So, yeah, I mean, it felt like it went even longer than it should have, to be honest with you. Oh well, it was. It not, I mean, we're not going to remember this match in in. But I don't remember this match now, let alone a year from now. So. Okay, we move on. And the fourth match was Toriano defeating Tangaloa in 10 minutes, 46 seconds by Scoreboy. I did not like this one. Um, yeah, the Yano match is... I'm just repeating myself at this point. This one, yeah, not good. It's just a, just a way to get from point A to point B at this point, right? It, it, um, and no one ever looks good against Yano. Just make it quick. The best Yano matches are those... I mean, you can't do it all the time, but I mean, just go for the sprint. You know what I mean? Go for the sprint. Go for that five-minute pull hair, pull tights, people getting near falls. Go Do that because, honestly, you stretch it past that. It's just like I don't want to see any more fucking tape. I don't want to see any more fucking him trying to fucking hide. For, it's just I, I'm over it. I'm just it's, – it's, he's double speed, and, and the next step is fast forward. Fifth match was Kenta defeating Tomohiro Ishii in 21 minutes by a schoolboy. I thought it was interesting that he won by a schoolboy yeah. rather than one of his submissions or, or the go to sleep. What did you make of this? Um, for all the hype that was, I mean, I mean, I get all the hype. You know, Kenta is a pretty, pretty 
funny guy online from what I could say. Uh, I don't know. This, like, I, I don't want to say I was disappointed, but I was kind of disappointed. I didn't, I don't, again, I think sometimes I'm guilty of, and I just went on a rant about people talking about guys who, it was five years ago, it's not the same guy. Well, people could do the same thing in the, you know, in reverse, in a sense of, I, I guess I was looking for a fucking Noah Kenta for some reason. And I don't know why, because I haven't really necessarily seen that guy in years. Um, I don't know. When you write down the name Kenta and you write down the name Ishii and you put them together, I thought you got something different. I think you got a different a different flavor cake. Uh, I don't know. It didn't feel like it. It didn't. Again, on paper, I just saw sexier stuff in my mind than what I got on my TV. And our main event was Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Kota Ibushi in 19 minutes, 55 seconds with the Clarky Cats Bad Balloon remix, which any fans of Brass Eye will uh, recognize that reference to. If you haven't seen Brass Eye, do yourself a favor. When you finish listening to this, go watch it because it is one of my favorite UK comedy shows. It is genius. So top marks for Zack Sabre Jr. for throwing in Brass Eye references there. And yeah, these guys have got tremendous chemistry. I think this was Ibushi's best match so far in this G1. Uh, but again, it followed the pattern of just Zack Sabre Jr. dominance, where he's got all of Ibushi's moves scouted, some really terrific counters. And this was one of these examples where I thought Ibushi made Zack look like an absolute killer, both in the, the way he bumped and the way he sold the submission moves. And uh, Zack is racking up a really impressive resume, not just the wins, but of making people submit, yeah. whether that's people tapping out or verbally submitting. Um you know, people like Naito and Shingo and Ibushi do not submit willy-nilly. You know, there have been uh, a few matches where they there's been a referee stoppage, but for them to actually tap out or say to the referee, I've had enough, that is quite a, a feather in Zack Sabre Jr.'s cap. Yeah. it's um, He's had a dominant run. Like, to me, I, people might have as many points. Nobody feels like as dominant as Zach right now. And, and like, I just, the thought of these guys fought in that fucking WWE. What was it? The cruiserweight classic. Was it? Yeah. I don't think they actually faced each other. They, they no. were on separate sides of the bracket. Yeah. They both made it to the final. So one side, I think, uh, I, I think it was Zach losing to, I can't remember. I know there was TJP. Yeah. And also Grand Metalik, who formerly known as what was it, Mascara Dorado, was that his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. He He'll be back. You'll see him. You'll see him in the Best of the Super Juniors. That's my hot take here. Uh, yeah, so New Japan collecting the set of all four Cruiserweight Classic semi-finalists, <laughs> right? But yeah, your point stands. I mean, in an alternate universe where those guys sign with WWE fuck me right. that is a timeline I'm glad you know our timeline is cursed enough but I'm glad we're not part of that one yeah how about that I mean I just that was a you know they've wrestled before mind you but it's just like uh, well those 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 guys could have been on a different path that's for fucking sure but yep another uh, very good match very good match yep uh, okay so by the time we record next there will have been four G1 Climax Oof. shows 
So, you know, we're not going to do a full preview. I'll just run through the matches. Yeah. Uh, so Wednesday, so tomorrow in Korakuen Hall, we've got Taichi versus Evil. Looking forward to that one. Sanada against Chase Owens. Goto against Jeff Cobb. Tanahashi against Tamatonga. And Okada versus Yoshihashi. Uh, I'm looking forward to Okada Yoshihashi. I think that could be quite good, especially at Korakuen Hall. And then Thursday at Korakuen Hall, we have... Bushi versus Yujiro in a special singles match. Ishii against Tangaloa. Now, that one, I'm expecting Tang- Tangaloa's got to be good there. If I come away from that disappointed, then we're done. We're, it's not looking good for him. Yep. Uh, ZSJ against Great Okan, which we talked about before, will be fascinating just in, in terms of who wins. Ibushi against Yano. Eh. Uh, Shingo Oof. versus Kenta. Eh. They, they had a, a decent match in the New Japan Cup. I think they have a better match in them. Friday in Shizuoka, we have... Ryohei Oiwa against Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Then into the block matches, we've got Jeff Cobb against Tamatonga. That one could be good, actually. Uh, Tamatonga, if he's got his bumping shoes on. Evil against Chase Owens. Yoshihashi against Taichi. I think that one will be a lot of fun. Okada against Hiroki Goto. And main event, Tanahashi versus Sanada, which was really good in last year's G1. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out this year. Uh-huh. And then Sunday in Aichi, we got Fujita against Kanemaru. Yano against Bushi in a special singles match. Then into the block matches, Great Okan against Kenta, which I think will be fun for the promos and the post-match promos. Tangelo against Yujiro, Ishii against Zack, and then Ibushi against Shingo. So that's, that's sexy. Up. Yeah, those, those are two yeah. pretty sexy matches on paper. Uh, again, but I try not to let the, uh, the paper speak for me. Um, there's been a lot of surprises and a lot of good... Um, so let's not let the paper and what our preconceived notions and what we feel about things, because things have been good. Things have been good. Let's not let the paper uh, dictate our thoughts. Go, let's go into, into this with a little bit of an open mind. I'm not telling you what the fuck to do, but uh, that's how I'm going to approach it. I'm going in with a little bit of an open mind. They call me Open Mind Damon. I don't know if, if you know that, Joel. That's my uh, nickname around town. I go down the street and they go, hey, there's Open Mind Damon right there. That's what they say. Else. You can have a sticker for that. Open mind, Damon. <laughs> like some sort of sound effects of your mind opening up. Uh, we've got a handful of questions, just sort of miscellaneous G1 questions. All Multiverse right. Ace says, do you think Yano will pull the ultimate trick by having the Korakuen crew shine red lights and pipe in a heartbeat after Ibushi spears him on the outside, only for him to resurrect to loosen the cable so he could roll up Kota after Ibushi falls from the top? Did you see this? I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, you've not seen it. Oh, my goodness. It's- what is this? Uh, it, it's a reference to something that happened in WWE in oh. the the Finn Balor against I think it was Finn Balor against Roman Reigns. Okay, what happened? A red light goes off, and then what? Oh, mate, this is they sunk to a new low. <laughs> and really? I, I, I've got to find it. I, I need your reaction to this, but that, it means I'm going to have to go looking for it. Oh. Um, in the meantime, I will ask uh, another couple of questions. Azarario says, Naito, best hat hair or comb over in the business? And Andrew says, with just one match having passed, do you think they should have replaced Naito? Who would have been your pick to step in? All right. So let's do a replacement. I mean, like anybody, we talk in New Japan or anybody in general? Uh, uh, so someone in New Japan. I mean... And 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 if they they have to be in Japan or they they can be United States. I mean, like, I think so with the with the constraints, like someone okay. who is in Japan and healthy, that right. they could have slid in there. All right. Um, see, the problem with this is is that they would not 
they would have to book him strongly. I would not want to see Hiromo get fucking five points and just, you know, look like he can't handle his own. But I would kind of, I wouldn't be, you know, that wouldn't bother me. I mean, juniors have been in it before. I mean, that's, that's for sure. All right. Uh, I gotta start. Okay, I'm gonna let you minutes. watch this. I, I, uh, should we have your live reactions to it then? Oh, here it is. Okay, here we go. So, uh, all right. Well, well, oh, wait a minute. Okay, so there is. There is. Oh, I gotta rewind a little bit first. All right. So, uh, big spot here into the table. Is it okay? Roman Reigns and Finn Balor is down, but now a red light is going on and off, and he's convulsing on the ground as if. It gave him life, and now uh, Roman Reigns has been posted, and the red light is still on. It's that same red light that was uh, uh, during the Bray Wyatt matches that you couldn't see. It's just horrible. And now he has uh, turned into uh, a demon, and the ring breaks, and the knee gives out, and now a spear... And the lights are on again, by the way. <laughs> the minute the rope broke, the lights went back on. And I, what happened here? <laughs> Can you help explain to me what happened here? <laughs> the light the, went... The product of the, just that adult mind of a 70-year-old coke addict it just never <laughs> ceases to amaze me. There's just Every time you think they've hit the absolute depths of creativity, then something else happens and I'm just... Never ceases to amaze me. I'm baffled. I I I I I know what I saw, but I don't know what I saw. And uh, I, I don't... Like you, you wake up and you think, oh, I had the fucking weirdest fever dream just now. <laughs> right, and you'd, right. you'd you'd relay it to someone, and they'd be like, that's mental. That would never happen. <laughs> like they're booking meetings, all right? Everyone got their acid. Uh, all right, all right. Let's put it on our tongues and let's write SmackDown. <laughs> It feels like that's what it was. Yeah, I don't even. I mean, that was just fucking ridiculous. How do people watch that? Like, I don't understand how people watch that and get any. I don't know. That's just that shit is just not for me. Not for me. I can't believe that. I can't believe he resigned. I just don't understand that at all. Ah, well. Kesarasara. Uh, we have a question from Joel, London Joel, who says, thoughts on the format of the G1 show. Should they continue to have shows that are all G1 matches post-COVID? I think so. I like this. I, I would not relish the prospect of going back to having the undercards tag matches. Uh, yeah, I like I like the way, I like what they have right now. I mean, if, and it, it feels quicker and it feels a little bit um, more concise. Yeah, th- th- those shows, those those G1 shows before where there was just like countless undercard matches, you know, where, you know, B block has the main matches and the undercard was all the, et- yeah, that was, that was, those were long nights. Yeah. I like the way it is now. I think it stays the way it is now. Uh, apropos of nothing. I just want to plug one of my favorite new YouTube channels, which is nostalgic kids, UK TV uploaded all my favorites. When I was little, they got nightmare up there. They have got tots TV, Wizardora, uh, Alphabet Castle, WYSIWYG, Woof, Super Gran, Press Gang, Jungle Run, all my favorites. Wow. And, uh, any fans of Nostalgic Kids UK TV, go to the YouTube channel, Nostalgic Kids UK TV. It's good stuff. Is that the uh, one where they're not where sponsoring the... us or anything? No, no. <laughs> Sorry. Is that the one where the, where the kids are like, uh, they have to, like, it was like Dungeons and Dragons or something? Yeah, yeah. 
that's the one. That's fucking. That's show. It's good shit, then. Oh, I tell you. Uh, okay, let me. I've got a few more G1 questions, but I feel like I should talk about Strong. I want to talk about Strong. Go ahead. So uh, this was Fight Spirit Unleashed. We had Yuya Uemura and Yuji Nagata defeating the DKC and Kevin Knight. Nine minutes, 27 seconds. Nagata making Kevin Knight tap out after the Nagata lock two. And I thought the DKC was really good here. He's the one who stood out to me. I mean, we know how good Yuya is and, and Nagata is a legendary wrestler. Kevin Knight, I've thrown lots of flowers at before, but uh, DKC just looking very, very dynamic, very energetic, intense, very crisp with his offense, the crispness. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I think he, he stood out here and is looking like a really good and talented addition to the LA Dojo. Second match was Jay White defeating Wheeler Utah in 11 minutes, 29 seconds via Blade Runner. And again, I came away from this continuing to be impressed by Wheeler Utah, who, uh, despite his size, does make a, a very uh, believable and, and likable babyface underdog, especially wrestling someone like Jay White. So I think he's got a, a really good future in the business and I hope he does continue to work with New Japan. Uh, Jay White called out Ishii afterwards and, and they had a, a bit of a fight. Uh, I don't know. I just I can't bring myself to get excited about Jay White anymore. Just it, he's, he's just ice cold to me, even though he started off the year as one of the, the hottest guys in the business. I just feel his... Just the way things have played out for him in 2021 is just one of the, the biggest missed opportunities I, I can think of. So, uh, good match, but I, it, I'm not tremendously excited by what's to come. And then the third match, the main event, Ren Narita defeating Fred Rosser in 15 minutes, 11 seconds via ground Cobra. I thought this one was very, very good. Fred Rosser continues to impress. I think he has really adapted to the New Japan style well, and I thought he... And Ren Narita, they laid into each other very, very hard. So there's a really stiff striking exchanges, especially towards the, the back end of the match. And um, th this is exactly what Fred Rosser should be doing in this company and helping guys like Ren Narita to uh, advance and, and learn new skills and maybe you know get deep into feuds and, and having storylines with guys and having to get on the mic and, and keep a, a, a narrative thread going from one show to the other. So I think it's a really good learning experience for Renderita and a enjoyable main event. So that was strong. A um, few other bits in the news, actually. So uh, Tama Tonga and Jay White appear to be uh, going at it on Twitter bit of back and forth about you know who the who the leader is. Uh, Chris says Tamatonga posted a tweet responding to Jay White that looked very much like he is siding with evil. If the Bullet Club breakup happens, who do you want to side with Jay White and who will slash should join House of Torture? That is my most excellent question. And Hayden says, what do you think about Tamatonga saying he's the leader or the captain of the Bullet Club? And then at Autumn Attack, Jay declared that he called the shots. Uh, I think this is a bit of misdirection here. Right. I think we're building to the Tama and evil, Tama attacking evil personally. I think that's where we're going. Um, would I be interested in Tama feuding with Jay? Not no. really. I mean, that's my residual interest in that would be because of Tama at this point, not because of Jay, because I've, I'm sort of enjoying this uh, new hardworking uh, serious singles wrestler, Tama Tonga. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, I think at the end of, end of the day, we're looking at evil and Jay and um and and it's not like because yeah, he saw sorry evil going through tamatonga to get to yeah Jay and tamatonga has said it f for years right this is kind of like every every time they kind of jump start this i've been you know i started this i've been i'm an og and blah 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 so 
yep, finally they'll they'll see this one through. I hope <laughs> get to the end of it, get 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 that payoff at that that Bullet Club Civil War we've been talking about for years. Uh, we also have some new recruits for United Empire. So Aussie Open joins yeah. Will Ospreay in a recent RevPro show, and TJP also joins at the uh, Autumn Attack tapings. So Bash says, how do you feel about all the new members of the United Empire? Do you think Aussie Open is in World Tag League? I would like to think so. Yep. I, I think they'll get them in by then, and they should probably win World Tag League if they're going to go to the effort of bring them in. I think that would uh, have a bit of freshness for World Tag League. So uh, TJP, uh, it was a bit underwhelming because I was hoping it was going to be Buddy, but it wasn't, uh, so a little bit annoying. But I, I think actually TJP's a good fit. I know people don't like him because he's a knob, but I think he's a good wrestler and I think he's a good fit in United Empire. And, you know, everyone's saying, oh, they need a junior, they need a junior. Well, you've got a junior, so enjoy. You know, what? I, I, he- I heard the, they were going to form a tag team and uh, their name were going to be the Problematics. <laughs> <laughs> Get Michael Elgin back. <laughs> yeah, clear. If you could stop posting videos online. Um, the TJP, yeah, I think that uh, Aussie Open. Let me tell you something, kids. Th- that's one of those tag teams that seems to fly under the radar a lot. Um, they are good, and I think they would slide right on in in, in the New Japan roster. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a nice little addition. Now again. Hopefully, it's not one of those things where it's okay. Where we have little pockets of faction members all over the country, and we're just doing it for these particular shows. And I got, I got, I got, a, I got a good feeling they'll be. You'll see a lot of them in a in a official New Japan Pro Wrestling ring. Uh, a little bit of chat about the Autumn Attack tapings. I'm not going to go into spoilers because I haven't looked at any, and I'm I don't want to see them. I mean, the TJP thing was announced on the G1 show, so that's not being protected as a, an exclusive event to when that makes tape. Cactus Max says, what is up with New Japan not advertising Autumn Attack locally or running in a better location, resulting in very poor ticket sales? Uh, John Dadbod God says, uh, would, would you like for me to come on to talk about the strong tapings in Dallas? Uh, I, I would love to have people on, but it's just very, very difficult to organize with um, Times time and yeah. all, all my schedules. But uh, we do appreciate the sign. What a great sign. That yeah. John brought to the tapings. I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but you'll see it when that show eventually makes tape. Uh, very, very uh, flattered to to have that one. So, John, uh, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Yeah, much love. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, these these ticket sales they they were bad. Uh, the the venue, I understand, it is very far from big cities and, and a pain in the ass for people to get to. You know, uh, I was I was chatting to Booze Leprechaun about this, and she is sort of the the um the, the canary in the mine for this because. Obviously, big New Japan fan, but she was laying out how difficult it would be to travel to that show, or even if you wanted to go to both shows and, and make it back in time, so you're not back at stupid o'clock on a Sunday night. So, yeah, it was a strange choice of venue. But also, to be fair, this is a venue that AEW ran earlier in the year, and they sold like ten times as many tickets. Yeah. So, I think that you know the biggest problem here is that New Japan is cold. Uh, they did not advertise it. Their marketing is is terrible. Um, the, there was a lot of other things going on. Um, the, uh, college football, there was a lot of college football going on that weekend and and college football is king in that part of the country. Sure is. Um, 
and running back to back, running the double nights, that doesn't help either. So just this whole mishmash of stuff that makes me wonder the pe- the people in charge of choosing these venues and organizing this. It, it looks like they don't really know what they're doing. Well, I'll tell you what. What's amazing is that they have uh, valuable resources, you know, and all they got to do is slide in a DM, and all they got to do is, you know, it's it's amazing, yeah. How many times they could just fucking fumble the football um, in these situations and not learn from it? But okay, if that's poor, Philly's done pretty well. But it's Philly. Philly's going to do well. Period. And, and, you know, end of conversation. Um, and and I will say this: I don't know if you've seen a lot of the lineups for the the Philly show, uh, two Philly shows in October. In which I will be in attendance. I will be there. Uh, that'd be my first wrestling show in fucking since. Dare I? I think the Liger retirement was the last live wrestling show I went to. How about that? Fucking unbelievable. Um, that's a good show. Do you see those lineups? I'm looking on the website now. So night one, we got Fred Yehi against Jay White, Juice Robinson against El Fantasmo, Chris Dickinson against Minoru Suzuki. Ooh. So that will absolutely bang. And then the second night, we got Eddie Kingston and John Moxley against Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki. This is in no particular order, by the way. Uh, DKC, Renarita, Rocky, Carl Fredericks, Fred Rosser against uh, Danny Limelight, Jarrell Nelson, Roy Sizes, Jack Kratos, Tom Lawler. Gresham against Alex Cogden in the singles match. That will be great. Yep. And Alex Zane against Will Ospreay, which should be a lot of uh, flippy-doo fun, or at least from Alex Zane. Ospreay is probably going to elbow him in the back of the head. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's, that's not bad pro wrestling right there, right? That's a nice little lineup. I'd buy a ticket. I would definitely buy a ticket. Those will be two really fun shows. Yeah, I think that they're... I, I, I want to say it's sold out, or it's really fucking close to being sold out. So uh, good job, Philly, my people representing... Uh, doing it right, Texas. The fuck, the fuck you doing? <laughs> Actually, I don't blame Texas. I blame, you know, I blame the promotion. I hate to say it, but blame the promotion. That's it. It's these, these unforced errors that we're talking about. Maybe you I can get a sit a down. Get some consultant. Consult Damon. Yeah. Come on, get a sit down with me. I'll I'll tell you where to run. I know where to go. I know where it's at. I'm like all saints. Remember all saints, Joe. That, as soon as you said that, the, the chorus line popped I into my head. Have a good time. They like to party. I don't know if you like that in that song. They say the word party 17 times. I like to party, baby. Do you? Do you? I love that song, though. Oh, I love them. I love them in that video. I got to be honest with you. I may have Did masturbated. I may have masturbated <laughs> once or twice to that video <laughs> in, a, who, in the who next is week. One that I like. Melon, was it Melanie? Mel- Melanie Black? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, Appleton? Is it Appleton? Appleton? There were two Appletons. Yeah. Oh God. And Shaz Chasney? Oh, yeah. Say. I'll tell you what. I'm googling now. Appleton sisters. I think they were sisters. Nicole. Nicole. And Natalie. Nicole and Natalie. That was it. Yep. I think Nicole was with Liam, right? Liam Gallagher, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 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 Yeah, it's coming back to me now. Right. They had that song. That's that song I loved. And uh, what else? They did. Never, ever, ever. Never, ever, ever. Ever, ever, ever. So much. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. This is one of the the rare times where we're on the same page in a music conversation. (laughs) 
Oh, I'm so I'm so down. I'm so down with All Saints. What else did they do? They did um uh I'm trying to I'm trying to get you the hook. Um Booty Call, I remember one Booty Call. I didn't like Booty Call. <laughs> I didn't like Booty Call. Although I like the the concept, <laughs> I like the idea. I did not like the song. Now they did another one. Uh, they did never ever, but then they did. Um, oh fuck! It was a slow song, like "Come Back to You" or something like that. Or I forget. Ah, I... Uh, no, I can't remember. Uh, I'll play it. I'll play it later on. But I will be jerking off to fucking. <laughs> I know where it's at in about ten minutes. That's for sure. <laughs> Good for you. Thank Enjoy. You, have, have a great one. Thank you. Uh, Kenny's done a thing. Last thing I want to talk about actually is Kenny Omega, who had a, an interesting interview with Tokyo Sports. Oh, yeah. So the fact that it's in Tokyo Sports should immediately set the alarm bells ringing that this is an angle because Tokyo Sports often help New Japan to promote their storylines. Uh, he said he would love to wrestle Osprey and Jay White. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're two people which New Japan wanted to make as the new Kenny Omega. They're nowhere at my level, but they're two outstanding names in the roster. Uh, some promotions are unable to understand this current situation. I can save them all by myself. Ah. Certain promotions don't want to rely on me. I don't care if you get mad reading this, but can you say I'm wrong? I'm sure the Japanese fans haven't forgotten me yet. My job is to save the wrestling world. I've already saved American wrestling. If you ask for me, I will come and save the Japanese wrestling world for you too. And this is a, a, an interview that, is, uh, according to Malibu, got a lot of Japanese fans very angry. Oh. They're still pissed off at him for, for initially saying, you know, New Japan was his home and then leaving. So uh, according to Manabu, there are fans, Japanese fans who said, if Kenny comes back, they're going to cancel their subscriptions. No. I, I would be inclined to suspect that's a, a small, noisy minority, as is often the case with wrestling fandoms. And, you know, we have uh, mocked Kenny Omega plenty in the past and said that he needs to shut up and concentrate on his wrestling. But... This, I think, is good heel work. Yeah. I think he is in character and he is uh, laying the groundwork for some big dream crossover matches with New Japan in the future. And I think he's saying exactly the right things and getting the right people angry. So for <laughs> in a, this might shock some of you, but thumbs up to Kenny Omega for giving a good interview there. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, he's... Uh, he's. Well, if you felt that little, 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 like, guitar string pluck in your chest, if you felt that, good on you. Because guess what? Y'all got worked. <laughs> I hate that. You got worked. It's a work, brother. Uh, but truth be told, that's what that's what we're seeing. That's good. This is what we want. We want this. This is what we want. So uh, good job, Kenneth. Keep up the good work. Um, save save wrestling. Do all do all that you're doing. Listen, all, all kidding aside, the guys, when you thought he couldn't, when you when you thought he couldn't get any hotter, whew. <laughs> that 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 this is it. This is one of those great heel promos where he's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a there's a there's a there's a lining of truth there, and that I tell you what that that uh that little New York show, whoo, that was that was red hot. That thirty minute draw. That was some good shit right there. That was some we had good a question shit. actually about that. Vase Collector says, was Omega versus Danielson the Tokyo Dome atmosphere main event we've all been holding our loads for? Just found it quite satisfying. Felt Dome-esque to me. 
Of course, you have the two perfect uh, gaijins to nail it. Uh, my question is thusly good, sir. So, yeah, what did you, you think of this? Did you watch it? Yeah, I did. It was, uh, not going to lie, got the goosebumps. Got the goosebumps. Um, look, they're firing on all fucking cylinders, that that promotion, and and good for them. Um, that, that felt like a, a – they've had a few – in 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 a in a thirty day span that have felt like true moments, that felt like a moment, um, and I think they delivered in in the ring. Uh, I, I like the thirty minute time limit draw. Of course, it went thirty minutes. Um, look, they're fi- again. They're firing on all cylinders. And here's the thing. I know people don't want to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyway. You get a what is it? A high tide lifts all boats. High tide lifts all boats. Well, we got a boat that uh, could use some water, right? A little, little energy. And if that's Kenneth, I- I'm fine with it. If that's D. Bry, I'm I'm down with it. If that's uh, Phil Brooks, down with that. If that's whomever, I'm dark down. order in the World Tag League. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Uh, again. They're they're red hot, they're red hot. So I have no problem hitching our wagon to a little bit of that momentum. No problem at all. Yeah, and if we were sitting here you know, trying to say that AEW is bad, we'd sound like fucking idiots, yeah. wouldn't we? Come on, come on. Look, look. There are a lot of people that I know that you know they're they're talking about their love of pro wrestling has been re-energized and blah blah blah. blah. Okay. Whatever it takes, this is I'm I'm watching it. I, I'm 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 watching that product on a weekly basis because I find it to be very good. It's good. It's good, it's good fucking stuff that they're putting out. Um, and if, like I said, if we can kind of hop on board on that, I'm all in. Right. I think that's your lot for this week. I still have a ton of questions, but I will save them. Look, if I didn't get around to your question, it is on my notes. Uh, and I will get to it eventually. But it does stress. Maybe don't ask so many questions this week. <laughs> if you ask a question that's unrelated to the what's actually going on in the product, then it's less likely to get read. It doesn't mean I don't value it. It just means it's going to take me longer to get to it. Right. So the questions about the G1 matches or the strong matches or the actual the news and current events around New Japan, they they get bumped to the top because right. they make for a uh, good, good listening, good discussion, I think. So... Again, if I didn't get to your question, it is on this. We will get to it eventually. So, and next next uh, week, the Riley Reed questions will be better because <laughs> it'll be more relevancy, right? Right on. She's a good. Uh, so red- oh, what a, I'm just looking at her again. I can't stop. She's. I, I. That's. I've been doing. I've been digging in, like just hopping around. Just not even like nudie pictures, Joel. Just regular old pictures. That's just. That's just my wheelhouse right there. That's a. Good I want to see this tw- this Twitter thing with the. Oh, it's <laughs> great! It's, it's right on her. It's right there. It's right on her thing. It's it's again the most romantic picture in the world, and then her just just being a mop, <laughs> just being a mop. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. All right, God, I'm sorry. God, close that. No, I'm just looking. I didn't. Oof. Yeah. Right. It's just <laughs> it's open a rabbit hole now. Oh, it sure is. I better, I better start the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Okay, so uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. Thank you so much, everyone who's given us money. Uh, please continue to do so. It just it, it does put a smile on our faces when we get that uh, transfer every month. So thanks again. Please keep it up. Discord link is in the show notes. 
at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Super J because I better close this tab actually before the wife comes Yep. Big thank you to editor Dan. You can find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Give us a five snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you everybody for listening and goodbye.